0: Central Valley officials push to end oil production in the state, the legislature pushes a ban to silence sexual harassment victims, and the U.S. Treasury Department blocks California's attempt to skirt the SALT tax. That's what's coming up in this week's episode of California Streaming. You're listening to the California Streaming Podcast with Bobby, Jonathan, and Louie. We're just three conservative friends trying to provide some counterbalance and one of the most liberal states in the Union. So let's hop on our magic choo-choo train to nowhere and talk some California politics. What's up, guys? Hello, hello. Hey, hey. Another beautiful evening. Oh, yes. Talking about California politics.
1: I heard they finished that uh, bullet train already. Negative. And the uh, Delta Tunnels, too. We've got
2: to only be like two or three episodes away from that happening, though.
0: I think episode... Nine hundred and fifty-eight. We might be talking about the bullet train.
2: I'll take yeah the over on that. That's
1: going to be the ribbon cutting
0: ceremony. <laughs> It'll be the ribbon cutting. The, the, the ribbon cutting ceremony.
1: Oh, geez, dirty,
0: dirty. What's our first topic today, Bobby?
1: Oh, number one, Central Valley officials join push to end California oil production.
0: To me, this is crazy oh. because. I could see officials outside the Central Valley, but I can't see people shooting themselves in the right. foot. Do you want to get re-elected or not?
1: Where do they think all their money comes from? So I got this article from Bakersfield.com. I'm sure they tagged it from somewhere else. But three Central Valley elected <laughs> well, officials... That's a really good domain to buy. Right. <laughs> right. Not, not lucked down on that one. Three Central Valley elected officials have added their names to a petition urging Governor Jerry Brown to end oil and gas production in California, a move that, if successful, would heavily impact Kern County economy and county property tax revenues. Um, Huron Mayor Ray Leon, San Joaquin City Councilman Jose Ornelas, and Eric Payne, a trustee of the State Center for Community College District in Fresno County, joined 150 government officials statewide asking Brown, to withhold petroleum permits among other measures as a way to reduce pollution and slow climate change the petition was originally sent to the governor back in june 26th for those that don't know kern county
0: is the second largest producer of oil in uh the country they have a town called oilsdale yeah the the first is a Dude, county yeah. in texas
2: I've been to Oildale a lot. I grew up in Bakersfield. That's right. I know where Oildale is. <laughs> <laughs> You're watching, dude. Okay. Joking.
0: Yeah, for anyone that hasn't been out that way, oil is a big deal. I mean... Big time. No, no, Bakersfield you... Bakersfield uh, is what it is because of oil.
2: I went to a school. I kid you not. We had a
0: basketball court
2: right beyond one of the baskets A Derrick.
0: Yeah. I. I. I guess I can't figure out why any of the elected officials in the valley i'm assuming they're from the valley they're politicking in the valley and then they're going to shoot themselves in the foot which is over the biggest industry in the valley yeah you're talking about an industry
2: where the wages typically are pretty decent it's it's the lifeblood of
0: the population those are the jobs out there
2: yeah i think i think i read a stat um as recently as four years ago, uh, before barrel prices in 2014 turned down, the um, the oil industry in the county employed 12,000 plus people. Again, right. we're not talking minimum wage jobs for those 12,000 people.
1: Well, I read also another study, and California is responsible for, or in oil in California is responsible for 368,000 jobs. There across you go. The state. There you go. It only. When it comes down to that, that amount of people, it's only 1.6% of Californians who are working in the oil industry. It's a pretty big chunk, but it's not gigantic. You got a little automation that goes along with it, but essentially, there's a lot to it. And, and What we're really dealing with is the fiscal impact that comes along with oil. Exactly. Okay. We're talking uh, nearly 3% of California's budget is from oil one aspect or another. But also, the real deal is the property tax and the sales taxes that are derived for the particular communities that uh, that have oil production in their uh, little region there. So the counties and the cities are more directed by the sale of, of oil and the production of oil than the state in general. Well, you figure their uh, oils typically...
0: Especially in the Central Valley, these oil fields are giant pieces of land mm-hmm. that are barren. Oh yeah. And now you see it all over the place there. Exactly. But now the county gets a nice chunk of property tax off land exactly. that would be otherwise barren. There's no homes out there usually. Sometimes they're sprinkled in and out the the pump Just stations. But still, tumbleweeds. <laughs> yeah. You go out to like Kalinga and things like that. These are giant chunks of Middle California that have zero neighborhoods, zero anything. Now that county is getting a sizable property tax return off some developed oil land. And I know this story in in the segment specifically is focused on
2: Kern County, but you start to read of of what's going on, and I think they're just looking to do this statewide. You know, um, 150 government officials apparently statewide have asked Brown to withhold petroleum permits, among other measures, as a way to reduce pollution and slow climate change.
0: Right. Well, we did in Santa, Santa Barbara a few years ago. What, what was it? Measure P? Fracking. Oh, for fracking. Fracking, yeah. yeah. We, we dealt with a bunch I of... I mean,
1: every area has their own fracking bill. Well,
0: yeah. And even northern Santa Barbara County, Santa Maria, uh, sisquak that whole area, and you start moving towards the Central Valley kind of deal, is full of oil production mm-hmm. as well and oil jobs. And one thing they never come up with, this is feel-good les- legislation. Let's get rid of Big time. you know, petroleum and let's get rid of oil. But we've yet to establish, one, something that is as efficient as oil when it comes to power production. Because we can't have nuclear. Nuclear would be the clean alternative, but we don't like nuclear. And then second, what are we going to do to generate enough money to come up with the shortfall that ceasing oil production in the state is going to create? Wind and solar. That's right. what they say
2: every time. These are good-paying it, jobs. It's not there we're, yet.
0: Yeah. It's not there yet. You know, and I, we just don't have enough of it to make it
1: worthwhile. Well, we're looking at, you know, you know, cutting it off at the knees right here with oil production. And what we don't, what we, and I was talking about it earlier, it's, it's the property taxes that derived are funding the local government's. And if you cut it off at the knees, if you say you can no longer pump oil, well, then your property value and the tax assessment on the oil underneath your ground is nothing because you cannot obtain it. Well, and most of your public safety is financed off property taxes. No, exactly. So no, That's exactly it.
0: But again, goes back to the, okay, great, let's get rid of that but then tell me where you're going to come up with that shortfall. Yeah, it's backfilled how. Well,
1: I'll give you an an example. You know, uh, back when it was raining really hard, uh, Montecito had that mudslide. Right. Right. And then the county assessor came out with new figures because of the disaster. And when they came out with the numbers, they were short, big time, big time. They didn't know how they were going to fund their local uh, elementary school that they have there. It's a small town... It's a rich town. This is where Oprah lives. So all of a sudden, they're flushed with cash. They have their own, everything that they could possibly need. They have no worries in that town. They have the disaster. It affects um, a small small demographic of the, the town there, but now it affects the entire town because of the reassessment of the property values there.
0: Right, well, and for a big chunk of that, too, there's properties that don't even exist anymore. So the the assessor came out and said, "Um, yeah, that was a parcel, but now it's in the middle of the river and it's no longer a parcel. And so property tax went down. There there was just, they don't have the amount of land anymore right. with homes that they used to. Which I think it's going to leave them, I heard the
2: estimate of 10 million bucks in the hole.
0: Right, well, yeah. and the, the assessor said, too, in an article... I don't know, maybe a year ago, a little less than a year ago, that normally, let's say you have a structure fire that completely takes out your home. They'll come in and they'll assess the value of the land less the price of the home and 20% or whatever, and that's your new assessed value, basically the foundation. In this instance, none of that even existed anymore. And so the assessor didn't even know how they were going to come up with the figures because that land didn't even exist anymore, you know? But I don't think people realize a big chunk of uh, the financing of their locality comes in property tax. Yeah. I mean, for count pretty much county fire departments are special districts, most of them. And all of their budget is like 1% of property
1: tax. We're talking about $50 billion statewide for your counties. Right. Not for the state itself, for the counties. Right. So... Where's this money going to magically come from? We're talking to huge expenditures. Not only, you know, every municipality has their has their uh, budgets. They don't have this in their budget. They don't no. know where it's going to come from. They got to pay for their firefighters. They got to pay for their police.
0: It would be interesting if the article was academically honest and it cited the number of uh, the amount of income mm. that was now not going to be generated. Right. I'm looking for reason. Right. Why? Because it'd, it'd be fascinating to see that X amount of million dollars would now not be coming to the county. Do you guys, uh, back to the
2: notion uh, that potentially this will spread, and, if, and in this state it for sure will, I think, that this could spread statewide. I didn't know this, that apparently out of the U.S., so, so California has more than 1.9 billion barrels improved reserves. That's over 7.5% of the United States. I mean, I don't think – obviously, I know Kern County has a lot of oil production, but I don't think of it in, in total in the U.S. that our state makes up almost 7.5% of of uh, proven oil reserves in the country. And so you take right. that offline, it's just back to I'm, – I'm thinking it through in terms of for the same people that say, well, you know, funding terrorism, et cetera, we don't want to get foreign oil. Okay, but how do you accomplish both of these things in your liberal utopia simultaneously?
0: Well, and that goes back to what I had said in the beginning that Kern County is the second largest oil producing county in the USA, surpassed only by there a you, county in Texas. There you go. Yeah. That's a massive industry.
1: <laughs> and all of a sudden they want to say, No, nah, get rid of it. That's okay, cool. Because we're gonna we're gonna have tech come into and, and surpass the leading industry, right?
0: Well, and that' that doesn't even talk about the domino effect of what does the rest of the country do, right? Because we're obviously providing a great deal of oil. And so then you say, okay, well, the second largest producing part of the country can no longer legally produce. So then what do we do? We go outside for it. And then on top of that, you know, the more dependent we become on resources outside the country, the less independent we are. And I don't know how that's beneficial at all. We are, There was an article last week that, you know, the whole Paris Accord fallout, that we're like the most clean, safest country out there. And that a lot of these countries that were involved in the whole Paris Accord uh, environmental stuff are way dirtier than we are.
1: Well, let me tell you from the Paris Accords, the, the dirty little secret is every time we pass a green law in an industrialized nation or Western nation, what we do is we either um, we either find a way to make it work, or we just shut down the industry altogether and ship it to somewhere where they dirty the hell out of it even further than what we were doing.
2: Right. It's like really early on in this podcast, one of the first five episodes, I think we talked about the plastic trash right around the world. Gotta save them turtles. That's right. And now we've we've solved it right by banning plastic straws here in Santa Barbara County. I think that I think we produce like one percent, two percent, right, of that plastic trash globally. We we can we can pass all of this stuff we want, uh, but if you want to actually use numbers, which I know they typically don't like to do in Sacramento, if you look at the actual numbers, you're not making a dent in anything. You're Not actually changing anything.
0: All right. Well, and we talked about it, cod. It seems like a long time ago, quite a few episodes ago, about the California mandate for solar panels in the next couple of years. Yeah. And all new construction has to have solar panels, right? And we keep trying to want to force the issue, but it's we we don't we don't think of the fallout. So okay, let's say we all have solar panels and we move 10 years, 15 years down the road and everybody's pretty self-sufficient on power. Well, now we've displaced the employees and those that work at the power companies, right? Like we don't we don't ever think about the fallout outside of the initial the initial idea, just like this. Oh, let's get rid of oil production because that's a feel-good thing. We have, you know, the number you stated about the number of oil employees, but what about all those ancillary deals around it? Like, well, how much of the country is dependent on California oil? How much money do we derive by selling the barrels of oil, say, overseas or to other places? Like, there's greater implications than just Eh, it feels good to get rid of fossil fuel. Yeah, I agreed. Awesome. Right. But you have to realize for everything you do, there's going to be a reaction to it. But we don't think that far in advance.
2: And if I actually heard for once a a rational, I may disagree with it at first, but a rational, like we talked about earlier, a backfill solution, nuclear. Now, that one I would agree with. But okay, you, you, you want to ban this in Kern County. Because the next bill that you've teed up is going to be the funding for and the construction of dispersed small nuclear plants around the state. Interesting. Let's discuss that. But It's it's always and forever. No to that, no to that, no to that. I don't know what's going to happen in the background, but no,
0: no to Because it's never from an economy side. It's from a righteous moral platitude. Always. We're going to do this because it feels good and this is good for the environment. It's all based on this is good. It's not based on, well, you know, this is more efficient, it's cleaner for the environment. It's going to create some more jobs. I, I know it might displace these jobs, but there will be jobs here for them. There's never any like, this is uh, this makes sense." And we have some answers. It's always, well, because this is the right thing to do okay but the right thing to do creates a lot of wrong things to do exactly but we don't we don't take it there exactly right bobby
1: right next up this is kind of a continuation from the last episode so uh i know uh i know john's got a couple of things to say about this thing the california legislature passes bans on requiring silence ...from sexual harassment victims. The California legislature passed two bills this week... ...that would ban employers from from taking a number of steps... ...that activists inspired by the Me Too movement... ...say help employers hide instances of sexual abuse. The bills, which have been sent to Jerry Brown for signature... ...would ban secret settlements that require victims... ...to stay silent about crimes as well as mandatory arbitration clauses and non-disclosure agreements in employment contracts. Now, the honorary mayor of uh North Hollywood, mm. uh Stacy uh what's No, story? West uh, Hollywood. West Hollywood. Stormy Daniels. Stormy Daniels. <laughs> you're you're wrong I was way all off over the that? place okay. on everything. You got to you got to focus on what's important, Bob. You got to get this <laughs> stuff right. But th- this comes from the, you know, Supreme Supreme Court decision about, you know, Mandatory arbitration, right? So, I mean, we're talking about something that Ruth Bader Ginsburg actually voted for. That's big time. That's pretty big. That's you know, champion of women's rights and blah blah blah. My, my biggest problem with this whole thing
0: is dictating what consensual adult, adults can do. That's the first bullet I had down. Is it <laughs> interesting? <laughs> we think a lot alike, John. Your libertarianism is—it's kind of really showing rubbing through. off. Uh, so, if somebody wants to take money to keep quiet, then they should have the right to take money to be quiet. Especially
2: when did someone force their hand to no, sign they didn't. the document
0: to be hired in the first place? Exactly. And that's the part I don't get. Why are you preventing me yeah. from making a lucrative or correct or economical decision? I didn't know you were entitled to that job. And I'm allowed to, I'm allowed to sacrifice my morality to make a buck. I'm allowed to. Well, you get to draw that line for yourself. I get to draw the line for myself. And I think you know, it's, it stems
1: I, from the forced arbitration, but here, where, where they go directly into negotiation. But like all things,
0: they take it four steps further. Yeah. So I was reading,
2: there's an article on Vox. Oh, um, the best. Right, yeah, the best. But, but they or go to right. great news,, sorry, right. <laughs> but they actually brought up kind of how California is attempting to work around this issue. Uh, they say under like we 've mentioned, the biggest challenge has been to write laws that don 't invalidate arbitration agreements altogether because the Supreme Court has said that they 're legal california 's bill gets around that barrier by making it illegal for an employer to revoke a job offer or retaliate against an employee. Who chooses not to sign the agreement? So, right, in theory, what they're saying, if you sit at the table and you find this out, that, you know, this is part of it, and I say, I won't sign, and now you, and the employer says, well, then I can't give you the job, boom, illegal. sue. So, which to me, this is stupid. This is just gonna, uh, the employer is just gonna come up with a bunch of other loopholes or reasons. Oh, no, I'm not giving you the job because, XYZ. nothing to do with you not signing this document.
0: So it, and I'm not super up to speed on it. So it stems around forced arbitration or mandatory arbitration.
2: Yeah. Because they're making it, if you don't, if you, you're looking for a job, right. And I put the contract in front of you. Here's my understanding. No, I,
0: I get that part, but what, what was the original court verdict on arbitration that you said this stems from? Cause I'm not familiar well, with that part. It was a five, part.
1: four decision uh, in favor of it. And what I have, Neil gorsuch's direct quote here. It's, um, the made arbitration agreement uh, agreements uh, class action waivers unlawful by attacking the individual's nature of arbitration proceedings. The plaintiff sought to interfere with one of the arbitration's fundamental ar- attributes, which is speed. So the idea being that uh, because we want to negotiate do these arbitration quicker than pulling it through the court system, right? That's what makes it legal. That we're doing it better, faster, cheaper. So his
0: his argument is that what makes arbitration legal is the fact that it's trying to be faster than trial.
1: Right. And even when um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg uh, also wrote on this, and she was basically like, I don't like the law, but it is correct. Maybe you should write some different laws so that you can fix this problem. Because even she, she, you know she recognized that this was kind of, you know, I get it, but we should do something else because of X, Y, and Z. So she's not exactly, uh, taking away her woke card, but that, but that's on the
0: issue of arbitration in general. Yeah. yeah. just arbitration. they're talking about arbitration as a concept,
1: right? But it's because now it's because it's a federal law and everybody has to have this arbitration into the system. Well, that's just part of being hired now that it's, In the, it's it's in the paperwork that you sign. Well, even for my business,
0: it's in my contract that you go to arbitration first. I feel like that, and I didn't make that up. That came from another contract I saw or contracts I had seen over the years with clients. Well, and that's a a public contract
2: then, right? I mean, that's it.
0: Yeah. I mean, because it is, if there's a discrepancy between me and a client, it's easier to go to arbitration than it is to go to court and I think most people don't want to go to court if you're just having a disagreement on something. Agreed,
2: that happens it in could my be industry minor. all the time. Yeah, yeah.
0: it happens. In, yeah, exactly. Financial industry all the time. And if you had to go to court for everything, not only that, but it, it's just the cost involved. It's much cheaper to just go to mediation or or an arbitrator than it is to go to a court and sit before a judge. I mean but but then california takes it a step further and says well you can't do this in lieu of making your wrongdoing public. And I think too a lot of stuff maybe nobody did admit fault. They were just it was easier to pay and make it go away than to sit there and deal with it.
1: For this and, for this entire subject matter, I can't help but think this is harvey weinstein's fault. You know the the, the reason, or is it Trump? Right? Is this is this okay. a Trump thing? It might be a Trump thing. Always, I think
0: it's more that I think it's the people are pissed off that you know they'll oh, say Trump yeah. paid off a bunch of people so that didn't come to light during the elections or now didn't like it just come to light in the last year or two.
2: A ton of people in the Beltway used our monies,
1: yeah. To I pay, was a, I was gonna bring that up. Yeah, oh, they have a secret. They have a secret little cash hold where they pay off sexual harassment claims and then they lose the paperwork. Like, even if you were to uh, do a Freedom of Information Act and ask for the paperwork and see who got paid and who was accused, they wouldn't have it. So Gone. disgusting. Well, well, and I even hate the phrase paid off because
0: to me that, that's more of a connotation of like, I gave you money and then I threatened that something bad mm-hmm. is going to happen mm-hmm. to you if you opened your mouth. This is, look, John... I don't really want to make this public. How's a hundred grand sound? And you say, sweet, here's the check. Here, here's account. my ACH number. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right? I mean, you've made the decision internally. You've made the moral decision. You've struggled with what choice you should make. And you were willing to say, I'm going to take a dollar value to shut up. And that's your right. As, as a person, as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, I'm going to take money. And I don't know why the government then gets to say, uh, you can't give somebody money to keep their mouth shut. Two consenting adults making a deal.
2: Does anybody know if this, uh, like our example we just talked about with the Beltway, does anybody know if that's the same in Sacramento? Are they allowed to? Well, that's an interesting Well, they have a thing, secret yeah. DMV office. What <laughs> yeah. else do well, they Well, right. Have? That's the, that's the next door with the peephole next to the
1: DMV is the uh the, the people, I, I, is right? I have to imagine and it's just imagination that yeah, they 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 got to have one. They got to have one. Interesting. They got to have one if this the federal government has one, it's good for the goose, good for the gander, right?
2: You know, that's I think that's become, and we'll never the, know. I think that's become the theme for me on the majority of this stuff. I will listen. I'll probably disagree, but I will start to listen when they have to abide by the same stuff that they're passing in all of these stupid bills.
0: Well, I think, too, what you're going to see is a general watering down of what these offenses actually, the weight they carry. Because when Weinstein happened, and then uh, you start hearing this is the norm. Like this happens all over Hollywood. Right. And then you hear it with politicians. This happens all over politicians. This happens everywhere. I think the more public you make it, the more you realize this isn't some kind of like far fetched thing that this happens all the time, everywhere, both sexes, both genders that, that you're going to see, uh, you're going to see that keeping it quiet becomes less of, of a thing anyways.
2: Oh, yeah. No, that's a good point. Because cause now if you point.
0: force everybody to come out, then you're just going to hear all these things, and then all of a sudden, it ain't a big deal anymore. It's critical mass. Right. 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 It Right. It's kind of my same philosophy for the bachelor's degree. We forced everybody to get a BA. Now a BA is kind of like whatever, and now you got to get a master's degree to be competitive, and at some point, it's like, oh, that's going to be whatever, because that becomes the new normal. This this is going to be the new normal. It. This goes on way more than we know. It goes on in every industry, and it goes on back and forth between both genders. And when you say, "Hey, we want to we want to hear about all this. We want to make it all public," okay, great. But now it's just, we're going to get kind of detuned with it all. It's going to be like, "Okay, whatever, big deal." No, it's a good point.
1: Well, I, we're also talking about it's not just a guy thing anymore. Exactly. Oh well, yeah, the, the
2: the Anthony Bourdain's uh, girlfriend or something, right?
1: Anthony Bourdain's girlfriend. I haven't heard this. No, no. no, no, I I
2: think that I think she was uh, Argento, or I don't know the story. Oh yeah, there's there's an actress now that was originally real gung ho because I'm I'm gonna assume she was a victim. You know, part of the Me too. Come to find out, ten years ago, she and a 17 year old guy, you know, got got uh, uh, got to know each other pretty well. Okay, and um, uh oh. Well, isn't that the same as we were talking about in the previous episode, the same, but just reverse in genders?
0: Well, you see a double standard, just uh, like a classic one is teachers. Oh, oh, when, oh Whenever right, you have right. an older female teacher and a younger boy, everyone's like, oh, why did that guy complain? He should have kept his mouth shut, right? And then whenever you have an old man and a younger girl, creepy, totally creepy. Uh, death penalty. Exactly, right? And these stories barely make the news, but they go the other way, you know, and I think that's the that's the double standard you're going to find with all this stuff. I'm sorry, though,
2: Bobby. You were you were about to go into something
1: that that that's just what came to mind, and it was a no. I was just trying to deal. remember which politician this was, and oh, it was um, uh, Garcia, Assemblywoman Garcia from Bell.
2: Oh, this is sounding familiar.
1: Yeah, was, apparently her staffer uh, was. Uh, None too thrilled that this abuse had been going on for quite a while, and they the the state assembly has, uh cleared of her, cleared her of these wrongdoings. But then he said, "No, no, 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 do it again, and this time actually ask me about it." So the quest to find the truth is still ongoing, according to him. So uh, just because we we look at it and we say it's a man problem, no, it's a person with power over someone who has none using their authority to do whatever they feel is appropriate for them. But it's right.
0: This still goes back to two consenting adults making a deal.
1: Oh, sure. But her staffer, he wasn't looking for a deal. No, no, no,
0: no, no, I'm just bringing it back to to home base. Private enterprise with their, uh, yeah. I'm offering you cash. You have the right to accept it or not. You can say, "I'm not going to take the money, I'm going public."
2: All right. back and like we said earlier, back all the way up to interview time and signing day, you no one's forcing you to take this job. You're more than welcome to interview with three other companies, exactly. that may have different contracts. I don't know, but at our company, this is the contract
0: we have and and, and free enterprise. Free market should dictate whether that's a good policy or not, right? Because exactly. if all of a sudden you can't hire anybody because everyone's like, "Well, I'm going to go across the street because this deal sucks," that's the then power you're going to go out
2: of business. That's the power of you, the consumer, as a participant in the market.
0: Right. I don't. I don't need some government entity to legislate over this. Just more, more interference,
1: more government, more regulations. Yay! 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 Next up. From Bytebart, the U.S. Treasury blocks California's attempt to dodge salt tax limits with charity. President Donald Trump promised in December 2017 that his $1.5 trillion tax cut and jobs act tax reform package would unleash a new era of American prosperity by cutting the tax burden for the typical family of four earning 75000 by $2,000. The tax cut was also aimed to drive up the average household income by $4,000 through simultaneous uh, cuts on business by permanently trimming the top corporate rate from 35% to 21%. The fund part of the re- resulting revenue loss, the Republican-controlled U.S. House representatives limited federal deductions of for state and local taxes, otherwise known as STALT, for to two to ten thousand dollars for the first time. The uh, the move hammered high-income taxpayers in Democrat-dominated high-tax blue states. Like California. So we had an assembly bill uh, that was produced by De Leon. Oh, oh wait, no. Leon. no,
2: no, 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 no. Yeah. Kevin? Alex. Yes, yeah. middle name.
1: Alex Leon. Alex Leon. I like that better. Anyway, he's running for senator against Granny Feinstein. You yeah. oh, know, that guy. Anywho, he, he decided to try to circumvent this problem of being able to give his buddies who give him money for his campaigns the ability to skirt the tax laws that we now have thanks to the Trump Reno so uh, one of the limiting things is that he's trying to get around the charity amounts for Californians here in the California so what what is he like contradicting himself that he wants to give uh, millionaires and billionaires, more tax cuts, and isn't he like a socialist? Isn't What's the give here? Well, I, I'd have to imagine that s- at, at
2: some level, they know they're not dumb, but they know that this will have ramifications, although I guess they don't see it on other stuff they pass maybe, but this this will have ramifications on people's willingness to consider California their permanent residency. Right. I mean, you're you're talking about a group of people. They can go buy condos in other states. They can live there for six months in a day, so as to get the deduction and avoid California's lack
0: of it. Right. right. Well, the whole thing comes down to you can write off up to ten thousand dollars. Yep. Right. Of mm-hmm. your taxes. State mm-hmm.
2: of your state taxes. Of your under. state
0: taxes. Yeah. Right. And what they want to do is then. You could write off the balance as a charitable donation, right? That right. exceeds the threshold. Right. What I'm I, just trying to break it down a little bit more for the
2: yeah,
1: listeners. You can, you, can, you can go instead of the federal part, you can put it on the state.
0: Right.
2: Well, well you, but, no, you, can a make it, you can make it a charitable contribution. Thus, now if it's charitable, well, you can deduct on your federal taxes. You can deduct charitable contributions. Right. Here's an interesting thought or question that comes to mind. It seems like in a couple ways, and I think in uh, Alex Leone's bill, mm. it's structured this way. And even Assemblywoman Autumn Burke uh, has a pending bill that would allow Californians to donate uh, to nonprofits, universities, community colleges, or K-12 through public school districts. My question is, okay, over $10,000, these millionaires and billionaires start donating to the charity of giving money to the schools in the state. Does that mean our taxes are going to go down because they don't no. need to spend as much money on schools?
0: No, of course not.
1: Well, what, whatever happened to just giving to charity for charity's sake? You know, you why are, do you need a why do you need a a, a
2: deduction? I was, was going to say, are you going down the road of eliminating the charitable deduction even federally?
1: Well, why not? Uh, I mean, well, I get it. I get it. You, if you make under a hundred thousand dollars, you're not one of the millionaires billionaires. And it's it's a nice recoup of money that you've gifted. And I understand the, the willingness. But aren't you just supposed to give for the sake of giving? Isn't it that you, you found that you had money in your pocket and so you gave? Well, I, th- I think, too, it gives you
0: incentive to give. I get what you're saying. Shouldn't you just give to give? But I think you're...
1: That darn logic?
0: No, no. So here's the interesting part. As a business owner, I take an income. I pay contractors. Mm-hmm. I don't pay tax on that part. That, they, you, pay, they, that, you, that you pay to the contractor. That pay to the contractor. Right. They pay the tax on it, right? Yeah, right? With charity, I bring money in. I earned money. I gave that money to somebody else. But then if there's no deduction, I'm taxed on that. I'm taxed on money that I gave to somebody else to to do good with. It's not like I'm paying for a service. It's not like I'm paying for a good or a product. You didn't receive, other than
2: the uh, good feelings, you didn't receive anything, which you're yeah. saying tangible
0: from that. Right. I'm giving it away to them, and they don't pay tax on it, mm-hmm. and they get to go do good with that money. And that's money that I don't get to spend on. Cool things, products, services, whatever, disposable income. I've given it to somebody else to do good with. So I get the deduction in that respect. Cause it's not, I think from a technical standpoint, what it's money that I'm choosing not to use on myself, but to give to others for good.
2: I think I think part of me, I, I, I can see Bobby's point in that the deduction in general, uh, skews incentives, right? I think housing prices, demand for housing, though there's a whole lot of other factors that we've talked about on previous podcasts, especially in this state, but all those sorts of things are skewed. Inevitably, they're skewed by the fact that you get to deduct uh, the interest on the mortgage that you pay. Now, they limited that too, but that's at a much right, higher yeah, that got okay. limited. Um, and so you go down the list and all of these things skew incentives. I think the, for me, the biggest one, and this is back to if, if I got a magic wand and could wave it, and the problem is, and it goes back to what I was saying about donating to schools, there's no feedback loop here. If there was the feedback loop of, okay, we're going to eliminate the uh, deductions for charity, charity and we're going to eliminate the deductions for mortgage interest, well, then that means technically... The federal government is collecting more tax revenue, but so then if, they, if they're if they already okay with the tax revenue that they're current, currently collecting and do, redu, reducing the deductions would increase the revenue, well, then that means they should decrease the rate. That'd be the feedback loop, right? But that's not going to happen. No. That'll it, never happen. And that's the problem of... I like the world of reducing deductions, but in the world of reducing deductions, it should also mean a subsequent reduction in tax rates, and that's not going to happen.
0: It's not going to happen because our rates still keep going through the roof regardless of what we do. So here's a few numbers. Oh, boy. Everyone loves numbers. 13.3%. That's our income tax in this state. Pretty low. $754 billion in unfunded liabilities. Even lower. The sales tax rate in the state is between 75 and 10%. So the lowest place you can go to in the state for sales
2: tax is 7.5%.
0: And at the high side, it's 10%. LA County is pretty high. I think it's like 975.
1: It's got to be San Francisco then.
0: Oh, yeah. 8. Uh, that would 8.4% make sense. corporate tax rate. 42.35 cents per gallon tax
1: rate. Wow. And we never have enough money.
0: billion for the high-speed train, boondoggle. For now. We allow illegal immigrants to vote, since there's no voter ID allowed. We allow illegal immigrants to collect welfare. We allow uh, illegal immigrants to earn a law license. We allow illegal immigrants to qualify for a driver's license. And we allow illegal immigrants to receive in-state tuition. Oh, yeah. Right, so... We, we definitely have places where money leaves. We have a ton of debt. And we have some of the highest tax rates already. So when I see like, well, it's, you know. If I bought a homeless person a sandwich, I not only paid income tax on that dollar, but I also paid sales tax on the sandwich. Giving to charity gives me a way to give money without getting taxed again on it. Even if I bought homeless people something. I'm paying tax on that. That's right. That's right. Right. It's the one way that you can give money to a good cause without having to get double taxed on it. Yeah. And if you're That's a your corporation, point. you're getting the corporate tax rate on the money that came in. You're paying the income tax rate on the W-2 you got. And then you're going to pay the sales tax on whatever clothes or food you bought for someone who's needy.
1: More importantly,
0: the dollars taxed more three importantly, times.
1: you're able to direct where your money goes in your charitable de- givings. Right, exactly. Whereas you give it to the government and they spend it on all that crap you just listed.
2: I th- going back to the point of these deductions, et cetera, and incentives, the, in 2016, Alaska Governor Bill Walker, I think he kind of proved the point a little bit that these that these sorts of deductions do cause these sorts of incentives? Because here was this quote when, um, uh, where is it? Yeah, he cited salt as an instrument as instrumental in proposing a hike in income taxes over a hike in the sales tax. Quote, we selected an income tax over a sales tax for a couple reasons. State income taxes are, z- are deductible from your federal taxes. And so that's the part, I guess, of the removal of the salt, of, of these salt taxes, that it's easier for them to see. We got to 13.3% like you mentioned, right? Part of the reason we did understandably is they were selling us implicitly on this notion of, well, don't worry. We can keep raising this because it's deductible on your federal taxes or versus where they may have swapped it more for a sales tax, which again is a regressive tax, which everyone's going to see. Right. Uh, So that doesn't seem as fun. So, there are these sorts of hidden skewed incentives when they do these sorts of things. So for that reason, I I kind of do like the salt aspect being removed, although I'm not well, sure about, again, giving it, to, giving it to schools and colleges isn't going to reduce how much they charge me taxes to pay for those schools and colleges anyways. So.
0: No, of course not. And honestly, I'd love to see our public schools get better. Well, sure. <laughs> you know, because now,
1: now they got to fight for it a little bit harder.
0: Well, you hear this all the time with with LAUSD in in those districts where, like, there's a ton of awful teachers that are tenured that get paid pretty well, and they don't have the scores to show for it. We consistently have, like, the worst scores in the world, but there's no no incentive to get better. The system's broken. They spend it on millions of dollars in iPads that they realize that was a freaking boondoggle, too. Uh, There's... There's all these uh, there's all these holes in the bowl that I would like to give money to where I know it's going to go and be used well, not give it to some state charity and, oh. and not know where it ends right. up. Right, right. I mean that. Back to this. Back to the, just the general notion. You
2: know where your dollar is more efficiently spent or given, and you know what you care about.
0: They oh, it, we, we talked uh, about this uh, a couple episodes ago. The D M V is a perfect example oh, of a state run organization. And if you can get the DMV working efficiently, then I'll trust you with the healthcare for a state run healthcare system. And if you got any of those running well, I'll trust you with a state run charity. But don't get mad that the fact that I don't want my surgeon sleeping three hours a day on the job. <laughs> so
1: I mean Best
0: of Tijuana Megasin. Oh, you haven't shown me that you can use money wisely. So why would I, why would I let you run a charity? I think
2: another I came across this another interesting, just really funny wrinkle in this, is apparently four blue states have uh, joined together, and uh, I guess they're suing the federal government. Well, it's all
1: the ones that are directly impacted. It's uh, California, Actually, okay, New Jersey, and uh,
2: well, at least when I what in this in this particular deal, and maybe California has joined recently, but New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, and Maryland. What's really funny is it's like they just woke up, and because of this particular issue, they found out this concept called federalism. Right? <laughs> and here's, here, here's their quote. Interfering with the state's sovereignty – or excuse me. Let me start again. Interfering with the state's sovereign authority to make their own choices about whether and how much to invest in their own residents, businesses, infrastructure, and more, authority that is guaranteed by the Tenth Amendment and the foundational principles of federalism. Let me get this right. Your guys' state houses are populated by people who think that the federal government, for your liberal ideas, should have total supreme reign over everyone in this country, again, to enact those things you think. When something you don't like happens, oh my goodness, federalism, we're supposed to be able to do whatever we want as states.
1: That's yeah. That's in the amendments. I think that's number 10. Uh, ten that's ten. right. Yeah. Again, they
2: just they just found it, I yeah. guess, in the
0: last couple months. Uh, what was the term you used about uh, cherry-picking Oh no! Oh, no! It's, uh,
2: the, they dine at the libertarian buffet. <laughs> that's no, no, right. And they've just—they've just. Oh, you know what? For this issue, I like the Tenth Amendment.
0: We need to go hyper local on that. Yeah, this thing's pretty. Uh, yeah, yeah, dial up the hyper local <laughs> right.
1: part, big time. All right, I think that's enough. Is that it? I think so.
0: All right, take
2: it's us right. home, John. The James Woods Tweet of the Week. <laughs> So this one it was pretty good. Unfortunately involves a picture. So I'm gonna do my best to describe it. Maybe even show these other guys. It's a picture for okay. us in our minds. Picture Nancy Pelosi.
1: Oh, uh, why'd you do that? For?
2: Sorry, but but it's part of the picture. Picture Nancy Pelosi and she is putting on her best smile that a triple facelifted face can do, right? Super tight. Yeah, it's real strained, but it's kind of this, you know, grimacing smile-looking thing. And she's holding a really small American flag. And it's a meme, and the meme text says, it's like a vampire being forced to hold a cross. (laughs) And James Wood says, like it's scalding her fingers. (laughs) That's pretty good. I mean, it's... if you see saw this picture, it's like she's almost half in pain, half smiling, again, trying.
0: Oh, yeah. She almost looks like she's going to cry. Yeah. She looks like she's grimacing. Because it's probably burning her fingers. <laughs> the most painful thing she's done. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Thanks for listening.
1: Thanks, everybody. Hey, tell a friend. And yeah. Encourage them to burn it all down. <laughs> tell,
0: consult with your uh, legal counsel before... Following that advice. Agreed. But yeah, spread the word. California politics from a non-lefty side. New episodes every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Drop it on Apple iTunes and the Google Store. Take care.
2: See everybody. Bye.